guys, and welcome back to another episode of your Brains Coach podcast. I'm Angela Sharina. I'm your host. I'm your Brains Coach and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion for helping you guys to learn all the brain tools you can use to feel, look, and do your absolute best. Guys, today we're going to talk about emotional eating. Emotional eating that is a problem for a lot of you, for a lot of people um, out there. I work with a lot of people. I've been one, well, I was one of the people who struggled with emotional eating. In my family, you know, my sister had problems with that, still kind of having them. And there are so many people who have this emotional eating problem. And let's define emotional eating. Um And by the way, guys, today I'm going to also share with you a story, uh, not only how I ended my emotional eating that I've struggled, that I struggled with for like 15 years of my life. Um, I'm also going to tell you how yesterday I helped, I saved my friend from ice cream through the same tools that I used to end emotional eating for myself. But emotional eating, a lot, a lot of people, guys, are struggling with emotional eating. And let's separate emotional eating from things like eating disorders, right? Emotional eating, they, um, at least in the perspective of the coaching, in Um, how I was taught, what's the difference between emotional eating and eating disorders. And the difference is the degree. You know, I just finished, um, I don't know if I mentioned on this podcast or not, this amazing book, Brain, uh, Brain's Energy. And it's about this theory, new emerging theory that um, our mental disorders, not you, yours and mine, but in our society, um, must probably come from from uh, issues with energy metabolism in our brain. So the book is about that. But in the book, what um, I really loved is that the author, uh, Chris Palmer, he uh, tried to define a lot of things that I wasn't that clear about, like what is mental disorder, right? And he put out there this idea that mental disorders they're not much different from what you and I experience every day, what our brain does. They're just out of context or the degree to which certain mental um, capacities I express, like, you know, for example, anxiety. What is, we all are anxious at some point or the other uh, every single day. But what's the difference between that anxiety and full-blown anxiety disorders? Well, the difference is the degree. Anxiety disorder interferes with your life. It doesn't allow you to live a normal life, fulfilling your desires, reaching your goals, uh, enjoying your life, right? And it interferes with your normal life experience. And uh, it's hard to put a some sort of number on that, like where is the uh, sort of finish line or the separating line between, again, anxiety that we experience daily, the good anxiety, you know, there is a book with this name, I need to read it, it's on my to-read list. What's the like, difference between that good anxiety, normal anxiety that we experience and this, um, for example, anxiety disorders? The, there is no hard border, right? It's it's not that easy to define, but usually, again, what, for example, um, psychiatrists do and people who work in the area of mental disorders, it's that interference with life and being kind of detached from life and also having disproportionately big uh, 
or over the board responses to different uh, events that happen in our life, right? Like, for example, something uh, you're not meeting some deadline at work and you are behaving like, you know, the world is about to collapse, like, and, and it's a pattern that happens all the time, right? It interferes with you doing things. Now, that is more of a disorder, not just anxiety that you and I might experience every single day. Well, the reason I am talking about that is the same as emotional eating. Emotional eating and eating disorders, again, there is no hard lined and defined border between emotional eating and eating disorder. Uh, in coaching, actually, they taught us to call uh, emotional eating uh, disordered eating patterns, basically meaning that is not like a you know full-blown disorder, but it just sometimes you use food not for not just for nourishment or because for example oh really this you know really love this piece of cake let me have a bite of more but no disordered eating is when an emotional eating is when we start using food to address the problem that the food is not uh, ideal tool or it, the food is not the answer right so back let's get back to my friend and how i saved uh, him from eating um, a ton of ice cream or i don't know maybe some ice cream yesterday so um he didn't feel that well at the end of the day and you know work some relationship stuff um etc and he felt like he needed to pick me up, you know, um, he is uh, in a different country, doesn't have a lot of connections here, and, you know, it feels sometimes lonely, lonely, sometimes isolating, you know, I, I also feel that from time to time, being far from my family and um, a lot of my deeper and, like, long-term older connections. So he felt lonely, he felt isolated, he, you know, started eating a lot of food, you know, from guacamole with chips to tacos, etc. And then he's like, kind of talked to himself, like, yeah, it, it's not a good pattern, you know, I need to get out there, I need to, to see uh, people, I need to go for a walk, just get out of my head, right? And so um, he called me up and said, do you want to go for a walk? And then, you know, he shared like what, what he was going through um, in his, his day with his emotions, etc. And so basically the idea is it was either me and the work or a bunch of ice cream. And the the reason why I'm sharing this story is I want you to illustrate something that if you've been experiencing emotional eating, you're pretty familiar with. What causes emotional eating, whether you are aware of that very uh, well or not, what causes emotional eating are unmanaged emotions and your brain and your body trying to get back to balance. Our brain, our body, <clears throat> well, our brain specifically always tries to bring your body the whole organism into balance, into balanced state. And so when you experience strong emotion, especially if something like loneliness or sadness, you know, certain neurotransmitters go down, like for example, serotonin rate or uh, perhaps uh, lower oxytocin levels. And you feel like you need that, right? And food, why we use food for that is because food changes our blood sugar levels. It does boost things like serotonin and dopamine. And especially if you might be craving foods that um, you had uh, when you were a kid. Um, maybe your mom, maybe your father, maybe your grandparents made it for you or whatever that can be. But you have also this emotional uh, connection that is also has this social component. So the food will give you those positive emotions. And, you know, to use food for that sometimes 
that's totally fine. Um, but if that starts to interfere with your health goals, with your work, with your relationships, and you leave those emotions that uh, come up quite often, for example, unaddressed, unmanaged. Now, that's the pattern that you don't want to see in your life and you want to address it because, you know, how my emotional eating ended. Um, at one point, well, first of all, I was going through all these coaching certifications and learning tools for stress management, you know, like breathing. And when you feel emotionally unbalanced, do the exhale focus, breathing, breathe in for four, breathe out for eight, right? So I learned those tools. Um, I learned things like journaling, labeling. We're going to talk about labeling tomorrow, by the way. It's, you know, naming your emotions and how exactly it works for like emotional management and stress management. So I learned all this technique, but I also realized that I sit down with myself and I'm like, Angela, what's the real reason? Why do you feel this urge to eat all these foods? You're not even hungry. What, what is it? And I realized that emotions would come up, stress in my life would come up, problems would come up, and I didn't know how to deal with them. And even for a moment, but food made me feel good, like something is better, something is resolved, right? Food does change us again, our body chemistry, our blood chemistry, our brain chemistry. And so for a moment, you feel relaxed and you feel better. And you feel like, you know, in the morning you wake up, yeah, maybe, you know, food doesn't make you feel all that good, especially if you are someone like me. I used to eat a lot of like cookies or ice cream, like sweets, sweet stuff. And in the morning, you wouldn't feel that great because of that food. Uh, but then you also would feel a little bit better because you're more relaxed and you're like, okay, um, I probably can do this or that. But the pattern that I didn't like was that I wasn't addressing core issues that were uncomfortable and they were challenging. I would have to have difficult conversations with people around me. You know, I would have changed things about <clears throat> my work, my lifestyle, a lot of things. And I didn't want to address them. And I used food to kind of also numb myself and put myself into this state of forgetfulness. Oh, you know, it's not that bad. Um, and a lot of patterns would come up over and over and over again because I wouldn't address them. I wouldn't address them, but instead I would eat food and it would make me feel better temporarily. And then I would continue doing things, kind of, um, putting a plaster on a blister, not really, you know, healing it or doing uh, anything to it, but kind of covering it with food and better uh, emotional state that I changed through food. And so uh, stress management techniques, emotional management techniques that I'm going to uh, talk to you more about tomorrow, uh, those things, they are helping me still. Right now, guys, I'm at this point where I literally have zero emotional eating. And why is that? Because anytime I feel a strong emotion, like there is stress with work, uh, there is stress in relationships, there is something happening in my family. Um, whenever I feel that, I see that. I'm like, okay, what can I do to address that? However uncomfortable, I might cry. I might have this conversation that will make me feel very, very not good, like uncomfortable, right? But I'm going to do them. And I train myself to do that. And once you get into action, instead of hiding from the problems, the emotions go away. Because what 
negative emotions or uncomfortable emotions, what they're for actually. Your brain telling you there is a problem and you need to address it. And it'll give you the emotion so you pay attention. That's the reason why we have negative emotions. So negative emotions are very useful and they are needed. And they will guide you in life to what you need to be addressed. But if you start suppressing it, and hiding from them and running from them with food or entertainment or shopping or gambling or drinking. There are so many things that people use for the same reason. Emotional eating is one of the tools people use to um, address their stressors and um, unmanaged emotions, right? But once you use other tools, once you start uh, addressing the problems, once you start getting into action, once you start using things when you feel not yet comfortable, like breathing to continue to keep taking action, emotional eating just falls off. So for me now, I have zero emotional eating because again, anytime the problem, difficult emotion raises, what I do? I take action. I do breathing, I meditate, if I need to take a day off and rest, I do that, I do difficult conversation. And so food, now for me, is just food. And when I'm not hungry, I don't eat any food. On some days I'm hungry, on some days I'm not. Food lost any kind of emotional baggage. And so now I just don't... You know, even yesterday with a friend of mine, we we went for a walk, right, and we bought ice cream and food. And I... And I was thinking to myself, I like have zero desire for all that stuff. I'm just not hungry, not interested in food. Like I'm living my life and solving problems and issues and having amazing experiences, right? And that is so much more satisfying. And, you know, we we gave each other hugs a few times and I also was kind of feeling down for one reason or, or the other yesterday. But, uh, and I kind of needed that walk myself. And so, yeah, joke, no joke, but I, I saved my uh, friend from ice cream and uh, also felt much, much better. You know, we humans, we crave social connections and social connections, simple, you know, like giving each other a hug. Uh, it solves so much. By the way, when you give a person a hug, like a friend, someone who, you know, you're comfortable with, care about, uh, your body produces oxytocin and oxytocin, uh, also serotonin is raised and your cortisol goes down and your stress levels go down. And then that's the way to kind of balance out also your emotions uh, without food. And that's why we have friends and families. And that's why it's so important to build those, to have, you know, those people who you can call up, um, you know, go ask them to go for a walk just for, you know, to connect. Don't, doesn't have to be a deep talk or anything, just to see another human being who is there for you to, to comfort you and to say, you know, to even not to say anything, just to give you comfort. Um, to sum up this episode about emotional eating. And um, first, let me share a little bit of my story. So since I was a teen, um, my sister, who's five years older, she had problems with uh, drugs, alcohol, and also food, emotional eating. And I kind of picked up some of that in my family using food as a tool to manage my emotions. And it, it actually, guys, it, it comes even earlier for most of us. You know, when you were a kid, very, very young kid, uh, what your parents would do when you cry or, you know, you start showing your negative emotions, what your parents would do, they would give you food. Food soothes us. And that pattern, it gets engraved in your brain. You know, I feel uncomfortable, I eat food. So, 
That's, that's why this pattern is also very common because your parents condition you. They didn't know that they're gonna, you know, have, might possibly have negative effect later in life on your eating habits and your health, but it's kind of an easy fix. And, you know, parents are very often stressed when kids are young. They didn't really know what to do, you know, when the kid is crying out loud. But the point is emotional eating very often is made into a habit, you know, engraved in our brains uh, since we were very young children. And then we very often carry it on into our adult life, into our teenage years. And so I developed this pattern also, you know, I would feel sad, I would feel uncomfortable, I would would eat food to make myself feel better because I wasn't taught any other tools. And so that kind of continued, not again as a full-blown eating disorder, but um, quite regular pattern. And that's why I always struggled, you know, five pounds plus, five pounds minus, and then, you know, this guilt trips or I shouldn't be, have been, you know, eating all that food. So that continued for like about 15 years till my mid latest twenties. But then, you know, I started learning these tools and I started asking myself harder questions. And I think that's also part of growing up and maturing. And the brain is very, you know, gets mature at this point in our twenties. Uh, and Year after year after year, you know, it was one year when I decided, okay, this year I'm not going to be eating any sugar, any sweets to for any reason, and I'll see how I do with my emotions, right? So I took this year, and after this year, I'm like, yeah, I actually learned how to manage my emotions without any food, so why? I, I, and I lost all my cravings for sweets, etc. So that's how it happened to me. But again, I was back then, I started my coaching career 17 years ago, and just to give you a perspective, you know, it didn't happen overnight for me. And then I started learning better and better tools and we had better and better science. And then I was also maturing as an adult and I was addressing my emotions too. Um, and then emotional eating again kind of fell off. But that there was this challenge one year when I told myself, you know, this year I'm eating zero sweets, sugar, processed foods, etc. So that's how it happened to me. And... Um, Back, not back, but uh, forward to today's day. Um, Again, food lost any emotional appeal for me. I love food, like I love eating food. But, you know, once I'm done and I'm no longer hungry, I don't feel any urge to eat any desserts or anything like that. And let's recap. So emotional eating, guys, it happens because usually most people do not learn proper ways how to address emotions, stress, how to manage that. And what your brain is trying to do is balance out your brain and body chemistry. A totally natural thing for the brain to do. Um, that's why so many people have emotional eating problems, because food it changes our brain-body chemistry. It changes our neurotransmitters like serotonin, like dopamine, it changes um, our blood sugar. Um, it um, releases for a lot of people. It would bring the acute stress down, and that's why again we have these emotional eating patterns. And so the way out of that, if you feel like it's been uh, keeping you from reaching your fitness, health, and uh, very often goals in your personal life, in your business, you know, not the kind of energy that you have every day that you need to have to build business, for example, or to build relationships, 
um, that you'd like to be and be there for other people, for your hum- family, perhaps for your peers. So if emotional eating is in the way of your goals and you want to address it, then you need to be looking into not dieting, guys. Dieting is not the way for that problem. What you need to be looking at as tools to manage emotions um, tools to manage stress. And they're very simple tools, like zero cost. Again, breathing, very powerful tool, but you need to learn how to use it when it matters. Um, Of course, you need to be sleeping well. And um, when it comes to emotional eating or improving your eating patterns, of course, you need to have a balanced diet because um, if you're meal plan lacks certain nutrients, like let's say B vitamins, your mental health and your emotional life will suffer just because B vitamins are so crucial for normal function of our brain and nervous system, right? So your diet has to be balanced. But then also, again, you need to start looking into stress management and something simple, something that you can do every day, like breathing, very simple. You can do it anywhere, anytime. So breathing, um, tomorrow we're going to talk about labeling and reappraising as ways to manage your emotions and to lower your anxiety as it comes up, because anxiety is a huge thing for a lot of people to do emotional eating, right? So tomorrow stay tuned for some tools for um, emotional and stress management. But that's where you want to start looking at and start practicing and mastering if you want to break up with your emotional eating and never get back there again. Because once you learn the tools of managing and better action taken, right? Again, if you're not addressing certain things in your life, no matter how good you are with managing your stress and emotions, that stuff will come up. It will never go away unless you address it. So the way to the other side uh, is through it. Uh, not trying to avoid it. Otherwise, the same stuff will come up over and over and over again. So yeah, addressing the problems, but then also emotional stress regulation, having a balanced diet. And and a balanced diet meaning not having the diet where you restrict your carbs, calories, or fats, but you start eating better quality foods and you start taking care of all the micronutrients and macronutrients um, and nourishing yourself instead of starving yourself. Uh, And then, of course, all the healthy lifestyle, light exposure, sleep. And that's how you break up with your emotional eating. And then food will become just food and you can spend that energy that usually spent on dieting, self-loathing, um, and all kinds of, you know, unneeded energies around food, it will all go away. You'll have so much more energy to deal with other areas of your life, and you'll feel like you're out of prison. That's how I felt, to be honest. When I Now, I was walking today, and I was just like, I'm so not into this world of diets. And even though I am a coach, I'm a nutritionist, right? So I do work with other people. But for myself, I'm like, I'm finally so free from that. And I have so much energy for other things because of that. So instead of this emotional eating weight and uh, a lot of other stuff, you know, roller coaster. But yeah, to recap, emotional eating to end that the way is not a better diet in, in a sense that not some weight loss diet, but action taking, 
yeah, balanced diet, better quality food, supplying all the nutrients and then uh, tools to regulate your emotions and stress management. And tomorrow we're going to start with that. We're going to talk about labeling, reappraising or mental health judo. Um, a couple of other tools for stress management, really simple, no cost, uh, something that you can use every day in any moment in any situation. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. Uh, if you have any questions about emotional eating, maybe you need some support, maybe you need some resources, please feel free to reach out, Angela at BrainBreakthroughCoach.com. Also, reach out on Instagram, Angela Brain Body Coach. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, if you have questions, send them over. If you learned something very useful, share this podcast episode. And till next time, guys, just wish you, I don't know, think about that, right? Emotional eating. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to endure it your whole life, but you can work on it improve it and release all that energy for other amazing things in your life. So talk to you soon. Stay tuned.